I invite you to open your Bibles to the Gospel of Mark and turn to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. The story we are going to read, or that actually that uh, Terry uh, Bryan is going to read for us, comes right after the story about the feeding of the 5,000, that miraculous feeding where Jesus feeds 5,000 plus people uh, with a very limited supply. And that really impressed the disciples. So this story we're going to hear next is right after that. So Brian, would you come up and uh, read the scriptures for us? So, as we said, the Bible passage is Mark 6, verse uh, 45 to 52, and that is on page 1563. I was just thinking, um, expect the unexpected, but this isn't one of those times. So, <laughs> Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida. While he dismissed the crowd... After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars, because the wind was against them. About the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out, because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. Thank you, Brian. I have a, a Bible app on my phone that I use when I visit people, and on my Bible app, I can highlight passages. In my Bible app, I've highlighted this particular story with bright yellow. This story easily captures my imagination. This story has influenced me in some of my dark times or troubled circumstances or some of my anxious moments. I've also read this story at times in hospitals beside someone in a sickbed. Once I read it with a married couple in their home beside what later came to be the deathbed of one of them. There are mysterious elements in this story and I ask questions of it. I ask it questions that puzzle me. It's a story that shows me Jesus in twilight. There are details in the story that make it very real for me. Here's one. The feeding of the 5,000 is over. And Jesus sends his disciples on ahead by boat to the next destination, Bethsaida. But it's late in the afternoon already. Darkness is imminent. And I wonder, is being out on the lake 
in the dark a good idea? Is it wise? Here's another. From his mountain vantage point, and when evening has come, it's dark now, Jesus saw the boat in the middle of the lake. How did you see that? How did you see that? And he noticed this detail. The disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. He saw that. Another one. It isn't until almost dawn when Jesus makes his move to them, walking on the lake. And I wonder, I wonder why he waited so long. Why he waited all night. Did he pray all night? So that that was his priority? And then this curious phrase. He was about to pass them by. Really? Why? And I don't know what to do with that little line. He was about to pass them by. I'm intrigued enough to pay attention. I find the whole thing so true to life. We don't always have all the information, do we? We don't always have all the answers. And we try to place our circumstances into some type of grid so that we can make sense of them. But it seems that there is always some things that don't fit or that slip out or don't follow. When our circumstances confound us, when anxiety gets a hold of us, we become agitated or we become perplexed or we become fearful, we become anxious. Look at the disciples. They don't get it at all. The whole experience leaves them absolutely dumbfounded. Mark's explanation is this. Their hearts were hardened. Wow. That's harsh. I mean, such a thing was said, you remember, such a thing was said of Pharaoh of Egypt during Moses' time. Remember? His heart was hardened. Such a thing is said of God's opponents and of Christ's opponents. Mark applies that phrase, their hearts were hardened, and he applies it to the disciples of all people. They don't get the bread thing earlier in the day, and they don't get the water thing either. And maybe that explains why they were not glad to see Jesus. They did not welcome being rescued from the storm. They did not help him get into the boat. One commentator made the point that it was not the storm that they were afraid of. Now, according to Mark, they did not feel or say anything at all until they saw a figure approaching them on top of the water. It's at that point that they cried out and were terrified. They were fine. These are veteran fishermen. They were fine until they saw a ghost. The storm was not really their problem in the story. Jesus was. 
and he continued to be a problem for them even after he had soothed them and identified himself and climbed into their boats and the wind stopped. When that happened, his disciples were utterly astounded, flabbergasted, dumbfounded, bowled over. Not by the waves, but by the calm. They did not understand, Mark says, because their hearts were hardened. My son and daughter-in-law have experience in the Naval Reserves. I once asked them if there was any connection between this story and their training in Victoria. Well, they said, well, yeah, having the night watch on a boat was the hardest and lousiest shift to have. I mean, everyone else is asleep, and it's so hard to stay awake, and you're alone. It's the time of the night when your imagination can go wonky about what up, what's out there. You easily think you see something in the water, or, or you hear something in the air on the wind that spells trouble. And if there's a storm, wow, then you have to keep the boat moving, or else it capsizes. And so that becomes the focus of all your attention. You have eyes for little else. Or in the words of Mark's gospel, you row and you row and you row because that's what you've got to do. You stay busy. You stay focused. And I wonder how many of us at times live life like that. You do what it takes to get through the day. You do what it takes to get through to survive. You do what your training tells you to do. Maybe you are trying to survive hard work. Or maybe you're trying to make it through hard relationships. Or maybe you're having hard times and you're trying to make it through. Maybe, maybe you just are really focused and you need to stay busy. Busy with learning to be married. Busy with work. Maybe you are focused on getting better or handling circumstances that overload your resources. And there may well be within you a simmering anxiety, even a fear that if you don't get it right, you'll capsize. The disciples were focused on rowing against the wind. They were not prepared to see their Lord hiking toward them across the lake, traveling in a most unorthodox manner in the twilight. They never expected something like this. Things aren't supposed to happen like that. You used a boat or you walked the shoreline, but you didn't walk the water. They did not expect to see him there at all, so they did not see him. They did not see him. I wonder what are the circumstances in your life. Maybe it has to do with job security. Or maybe it's financial security with retirement coming ahead. It could be a strained relationship at home or deteriorating health. It might be the thought of losing friends or the experience of being bullied at school. 
It might be anxiety over the consequences of poor choices that you've made. And you know, you know as well as I do, that sometimes those kinds of things can just drive us right into the arms of Jesus, praise God. But sometimes, sometimes they can be so intense for us that they block out the sun. And the circumstance is the only thing that we can see. The only thing that we can experience. We have trouble seeing the way ahead, or we can't see a way out. We have eyes and attention for nothing else. It consumes us so that maybe we cannot even recognize Jesus coming at us. They thought they saw a ghost instead. And now here is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. He did not hold any of that against them. Oh, he may have meant to pass them by to get to the same destination they were going to, Bethsaida. He may have meant to pass them by, but when in their fear they cried out, immediately he changed his direction and he walked towards them and he moved to reassure them. Take courage, he said. It is I. Don't be afraid. And then, and then he climbs into the boat with them. He didn't have to do that, but he did. He could have kept walking on water to get to his destination, but he didn't. He got into the same boat as his disciples, and they were all in the same boat together. And that, to me, is such a singular act of mercy, such a wondrous movement of grace, of understanding on Jesus' part. He got into their boat, and in this story, the wind stopped, and they rowed the rest of the way, and he rowed the rest of the way with disciples who did not know what to think about all of this. Jesus could just as well have kept walking on water, but he didn't. Their hearts were hardened, but he got into the boat with them anyway. They didn't understand him. They misidentified him as a ghost. But he got into the boat with them anyway. They didn't understand what he had done, but Jesus stayed on board with them the whole way anyway. They don't understand, yet the presence of God is there. This morning's word beckons us to take this revelation about Jesus into our own circumstances, holding to the hope that the presence can divide our fears so that they can be handled or exterminated or transformed into amazement. Remember who's in the boat with you. The presence is the source of courage. The presence can release us from the fear of our own circumstances so that we may focus on what really matters, our relationship with God and God's with us. If you keep reading in the Gospel of Mark, you'll find a couple of other times where Jesus is 
rather harsh with his disciples, calling them out of their stubbornness and their sluggish faith. And you will also discover that none of that ever seemed to interrupt his love for them. He never gets back out of the boat and says, that's it. That's it. You're on your own. Never. As Barbara Taylor said it, they remained his chosen people, hard hearts and all. And he remained their Lord, not only Lord of the sea, but also the Lord of the land and of the whole creation, who kept climbing into the same boat they were to be with them over and over and over again from that day forth and forevermore with a heart big enough and soft enough for every one of us hard-hearted disciples. This is the Jesus who fed us at the table this morning. This is the Jesus whose presence is with us, even though at times we may not even recognize it. The unexpected Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pray with me. O Lord, our God, you overwhelm us with your mercy and your presence. At the time of our greatest need, you surprised us with your wondrous love. You offered your life for us to remove our dreadful curse. As you draw us into this renewing relationship of love, help us to respond with trust, especially when we may not understand. O oh God, we rely on your patience with us. In the name of Jesus, amen.